there's an awful lot to be afraid of in our life today. There's an awful lot to be afraid of anywhere, anytime. But what if I told you that most of those fears are of your own making? We're making it up in our mind. And one of the biggest ones, oddly, is a fear of success. What if you're not as successful as you want to be because your mind is playing games on you and holding you back? Imagine, how great would that be if you could have everything you wanted? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. What holds us back and how to break through. I'm Sarah Heiner, and this is the Bottom Line Advocator Podcast. Don't forget, please rate and review us and share, share, share. So every week, Facebook, hi there. Every week, I have these moments of angst as I'm setting up, making the Zoom go live, getting everything ready. And there's this gut of fear. Will I make it? Will I be able to do a good job? Will you like me today? Will you be engaged? And today we're going to address those fears because our fears keep us from loving our lives. And right now we're living in a very fearful world, extremely fearful world. And that's just not okay. We have to face our fears. There are things that are worth being fearful of, but we do not want those to hold our back. And in particular, particular, we, I don't want to be afraid of success. Isn't that a funny thing? We keep ourselves from wanting to be successful. So we're going to talk about in just one second. I've got a great person, Tracy Litt, who's going to join me of the Lit Factor. Uh, let me just remind you um, that we have got a growing library of videos that we're doing every week. They are in Facebook here, the video library, or you can go to the Bottom Line Inc. page um, on YouTube and subscribe to that. We've got a growing library there. Plus I've got hundreds of things that I've done over the years, interviews with great experts, short ones, long ones, all sorts of, you name it, all sorts of sizes and shapes of, the, of all sorts of topics, money, health, home, family relationships, all sorts of great stuff. So go there, sign up, visit it, share it, love it. And um, keep, keep telling people about these Facebook Lives. They're really you know, important stuff. We're trying to help you be powerful in your own lives in so many ways, in facing COVID and in facing all the choices that we have throughout our life. If you have questions for me or Tracy today, put them in the chat box. I've got somebody who will be sending them to me as I call it my Flintstones technology. So if it looks like I'm texting, I'm not really not, I'm simply looking to see what they want me to tell you or what you know what somebody has, has asked a question about. All right, let me bring on Tracy Litt. Let me switch my high tech to gallery and say hi, hello, my friend. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so let me tell everybody your great bullet points because I, I have to read them so that I'm sure that I get everybody's great bio points. Um, so Tracy Litt, she's the founder of The Lit Factor, which is a personal growth immersion, treat, uh, or growth immersion retreat for women who are on a mission. Although we're gonna talk about men too, because I, I think there needs to be a menimism movement. Like women, but men frankly are getting kicked around the block a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so. But anyways, but you're with, you're, we're going to talk about people who are, you know, personal growth, growth on a, a mission of personal growth. Um, you're a spiritual advisor, mindset teacher to women leaders and entrepreneurs. You gave a fabulous TEDx talk, talk called Dear Fear, It's Not You, It's Me. I watched it again this morning. It is a great, great talk. So anyone who hasn't wants to be inspired one morning, go watch that. Um, and Tracy's the author of Worthy Human, because you're the problem and not the solution. In other words, we all have so much power over ourselves. So welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Um, and yeah, you are the problem and the solution. I mean, that's, that, that's it. You don't need anything outside of you. So today we're going to help people conquer our own problems. And it makes it much easier for the problem. 
so much mm-hmm. easier to conquer. You know, right now exactly. we're also out of control of our lives and that, the, you know, there's all these things that we can't control and it's created a lot of anxiety and stress. And I've done a number of conversations with people about that, but Hey, if we're the problem, no problem. Let's solve that. Exactly. That's the fun part of it is when you really come to terms with that and you know, you're the solution. You don't have to wait on anything. Good thing. All right. So let's start out. Why don't you tell your story? Because you had kind of your breakthrough aha moment. And I think, um, you know, it's good for people to realize that because they don't, they, they feel stuck. They're like, oh, well, I can't do it. And we'll talk about excuses and what holds us back. But why don't you just tell your story a little bit just so that they go, okay, my story's okay. Yeah, yeah. And when when you're watching interviews like this, we tend to make assumptions like, oh, look at that, you know, that person's at a certain level or that. Yeah. No, we all have beautiful stories. Sure. Uh, and um, my story uh, came in a beautiful dark night of the soul, as you know, we all have those kind of those moments where um, for me, I had done everything I was supposed to do, followed mm-hmm all the order of operations and was with, you know, who I was supposed to be with the rest of my life and um, was pregnant with my daughter, who's now 16. Um, And we're building a beautiful home. And by the time my daughter was eight months old, I was an unemployed single mother. Wow. Look, standing in the living room of the home I had just finished building and it was sold already. Looking around, like, whose life is this? How did I allow this to happen? What, what, what really went down? And it was one particular night where um, sometimes life can feel like a lot mm-hmm. and that's okay. And I had that night where I don't know how I got here. I don't think I can take this. And I just went into my garage so I could have some space. She was in her crib crying like any baby does. It doesn't want to go to sleep. And when I got into the garage, I just crumbled to the floor and cried my eyes out in a really good fetal position, snot bubbles and all, let it rip kind of way, which I highly recommend you do. Okay. Feeling your feelings. Garage filth on you. Oh yeah. Like at that point who even cared, you know, but feeling your feelings is essential to living your best life. Right. So in doing that, you know, I was able to have a moment where I got so quiet after crying so deeply that I actually heard my higher self. I, she actually, she came to me like, get up, wash your face and take a look at what got you here. Right. So it started this introspective journey and this process of what led me to the string of choices that put me in this position, because we are not victims of our lives. Unless you want to stay asleep, then you'll stay a victim, but still that's a choice. And yeah. Did you, did you initiate the divorce or did your husband? Um, He initiated Mm -hmm. while simultaneously I was having secret dialogues with my friends during the day when he was at work going, I don't know if I can do this. So on reflection, you knew that there were choices (sighs) that you knew life that in reflection. Yes. In yes. And in reflection, that was the whole thing. What really led me to it was my own lack of worth. Mm -hmm. Lack of worth. I ignored red flags. I tolerated things I wouldn't tolerate today under any circumstances because I so badly wanted what I thought I was supposed to want. I so badly wanted to squeeze the round peg into the square hole just to make it fit because, you know, that's, I was in my you know upper twenties and it was time to do that. 
And that landed me in that position, which ended up being the biggest gift ever, because in that moment where it got quiet, and I'm saying that again for a reason, you have to be willing to slow down. You have to be willing to get quiet so that you can hear the truth, right? What, what is trying to be communicated to you. Um, and it was in that moment there, my higher self was, and in that reminder, like you're meant for more, you are capable of far more. Um, you are here to do something with your life and you need to start making different choices. So let me ask you this, because there are people out there that are going, like there are people that are going, yeah, rock on. I got that. I understand that whole spiritual aspect. Yeah. And then there are people out there that are going, your higher self talk to you. Like what? Like, so so mm-hmm. can normal people who don't hear higher selves mm-hmm. still overcome these fears? And this mm-hmm. is like that, that this is, there's ability that like what we're going to talk about, that people can, can get past this. They can get past these fears, get past their holdbacks even if they're not having quiet moments on the floor of their garage at rock bottom, right? Mm. I mean, I've always found my significant change has been, you know, so many people when you hit rock bottom and you have no place to go and it's mm-hmm. even wallow or get your butt up. Yep. Um, but there are people that are going higher, like who's whispering in your ear? What the heck? Yeah. Can you answer those people? Yes, totally. And the first thing is, is that doesn't have anything to do with the fear that we're going to talk about, right? One of the reasons why you're not hearing it is because you're not getting quiet and available enough. We all, right? What some people refer to as your intuition, a gut feeling, a knowing, right? Whether it's an actual whisper or it's your ability to close your eyes and be with yourself enough, and cut out the noise, which we're just infiltrated by, especially in 2020, and allow yourself to hear the truth that's being communicated through your body, right? Through um, all of the different kind of pings and tings that we get. It's not that you don't hear. I'm not special in that way. We all have that available to us, but we have been so entrenched and taught to go, go, go and busy, busy, busy and make the outside more important than anything else and all the things that we have. And, and that go, go, go prohibits the quietness and the spaciousness necessary and to connect that, to yourself. And does some of that actually mask the fears that we have? Like it keeps us safe, like staying, because some of our fears are so deep and talk about what, in a second, talk about what the fears are, but some of our fears are so deep that we're afraid to deal with those. Like, oh, absolutely. Like you didn't want to, you know, break up, break up your perfect life or your perfect husband or, you know, that, so, so not, so staying busy keeps us protected in those fears or from addressing those fears. Yes. Yes. I, I, yes. Thank you. Thank you. This is such a gift of a moment for everyone who's with us. That's why you keep getting busier. That's why we are a nation of stress and overwhelm is some badge of honor. Like someone's about to give you an award, Mm -hmm. right? Because yeah, yeah, exactly. Do a haul. I've never heard that. Exactly. And it's so common um, because then once you start to get quiet, when you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going to meditate. I've heard all these benefits of meditation, right? And then you sit down, just to use that as an example, and you start to meditate. And you're like, I can't do it. I sat for two minutes. I can't do it. No, you can do it. You just don't want to hear the things that you've suppressed for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, right? We have a fear 
of feeling our feelings. We have a fear of saying the thing that you know you think and feel, but you don't want to say, right? It's all of those deeper interconnective things. We all want to trust ourselves. We all want to have a connection to ourselves. But to do that, you have to get intimate and be willing to go places that you're afraid to go. So let's, all right, so let's talk about what are, we'll get to the fear of success because that's like yeah. the most bizarre one. But <laughs> so, it's, it's so like, I want to be awesome. rich. I want to be famous. I want to have a big house. And we hold ourselves back from it. Like it's so antithetical. Uh, yeah. um, but before we, like, let's talk about just what are these fears that are deep, that in general, that are chattering away at us? And, you know, a lot of them are obvious, but people go, oh, no, it's not really me. Like they report it like they can't help it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so outline what some of those fears are that we're so desperately holding on to. Yes. Our, in what I call all of our crappy little lives that we're trying. Right. <laughs> yes. So the most uh, common themes of our fear are fear of the unknown, fear of rejection, fear of not being enough, fear of abandonment, fear of failure, fear of what people will think, and alas, fear of success, which is the most bizarre, sneaky, and insidious because it makes no sense logically. Right, because mm-hmm. it's right? exactly like, what you want. But in order to fear that success, so let's talk about the basic, like what's underneath. So why are we all so fearful? Okay. We, like, it seems yeah. to be like just we. It's so universal that we all live in some fear of something or multiple fears of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So fear is biological, right? And this is an important part of it. Like there's something wrong with any of us. It's actually really wonderful. Fear through the lens of how I see it and teach it is such a gift. I love my fear so much. Um, but the first thing we need to do is draw a slight distinction here. Fear and danger are two completely different things. Danger is helpful fear. Danger is what happens when you're lying on the beach and you're like, hmm, I'm going to go take a dip in the ocean. And you see a fin swimming in the water and then something in your system goes, oh, fin, no, shark. Helpful fear. Thank you. Danger. Sit back down. Right? For the context of the rest of this conversation, none of the things we are going to discuss and none of the reasons you'd be hanging out here with Sarah or me are ever danger. You are not going to die by being visible or being seen or heard or making offers or going after your dreams or changing a regimen or moving into the unfamiliar. And that's where this fear dialogue starts. Fear is going to be triggered anytime you think about or start to move into the unfamiliar. So that's kind of like the basis. And we feel fear because unless you're always staying the same and everything you're doing is Groundhog's Day, right? Which that's not who you are because you wouldn't be listening to us, right? Like you're here because you're not here to survive. No one wakes up and says, I hope I just survived this life. Just let me breathe every day, right? No, we're here for more, for bigger, for healing, for growth, expansion, to make an impact, to contribute, to serve, to do something really satisfying. And inherently that's gonna bring fear up all the time because you're moving out of your zone of familiarity in order to grow and change and have more. I love all that. There are some people who, because of their circumstances, and so now talk me out of this, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some people because of their circumstances mm-hmm. that really do hope that they survive till the night for whatever. Mm-hmm. 
they're mm -hmm. in an abusive relationship, they are living in a dangerous area, they have some horrible disease, whatever. Like there's there are people who really do have those real things they have to confront every day. Mm -hmm. It's not a shark, but mm -hmm. that that still takes strength to to go past. Like, you know, that mm -hmm. people I was I always try to separate like because because it can be intimidating for stories. No, I have to go change the world. Well, changing the world can be all different levels to everybody. It doesn't have to be that I'm going to go cure cancer tomorrow. Correct. Right? So I want to be sure this is approachable for, I'll call it, you know, people, yes. normal people who aren't in the Tracy Litt land. Yeah. Well, you know, impact could yeah. be going to give blood, mm -hmm. right? But that's impact. Right. And I love that you're saying this because you couldn't be more spot on, right? Impact for someone you're describing, or rather leaning into fear for someone you're describing, um, and being in an abusive relationship is making that phone call and reaching out for help, right? Yep. So also know you have a choice of action and you have a choice of perspective. You have a choice of the story you tell and the lens through which you see anything that you're going through, no matter what. And somewhere you talk a lot about, again, we were joking at the beginning about the power that we all have. It is our life. And even though it might be frightening to step away from your marriage, or it might be frightening to um, tell your deadbeat kid to get out of your house because you're afraid they're going to land on the street, right? You feel mm -hmm. like a failure or whatever. It's still your your life to craft and decide how you want it to be. And do you want, you know, between now and dead, do you want to spend it, you know, how, what do you want to look back on? And do you, do you want to say, I missed out on my life while I was busy being afraid of my life? A thousand percent. And I think that's actually one of the most profound ways to check yourself on where you are being a victim of your circumstances and your life is to fast forward to the end. It's actually, you mentioned my TEDx, it's, you know, the, it's part of my TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. uh, someone once told me the definition of hell on my last day on earth, the person I became will meet the person I could have become. Right. Like, come on guys, right. you know, yeah. everyone's going to, the, the only truth there is, is no one's getting out alive. Right. And what so what, right. correct. And, and really ask yourself that don't just lip service it, right? Really ask yourself like, because here's the deal. One of two things are going to happen. You're going to have that last day on earth and you're going to look back and you're going to be like, oh, I could have, I should have. I would have, or you look back and you'd be like, yeah, I went for it. I did all the things I played, right? I shined. The sad thing is on the could have, would have, should have. Yeah. It's going to be some blame in there. I could oh, have, of course. Of course. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. I could have, if only they had done this, I could have, yeah. if, you know, that there would have been a, a, a not owning your life because you were, you were victim of your life. Um, on the way to talking about fear of success, there some of these fears are internally driven and discovered. Like I'm afraid of heights. I don't know. I'm afraid mm -hmm. of coronavirus, right? I'm afraid of what. Um, and then there's fears of the external world. You talk a lot about people judging you, what they think, like that that are focus on the feedback from the external world. And I think there's a lot of that in fear of success. So talk about that aspect a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to remember 
and honor the fact that we're primal beings. We're tribal beings. We have three brains and our first brain is our primitive brain. And that's where our amygdala lives. And that's where our fear response gets triggered and expands, right? That primal brain is what we had when we were in tribes, right? If we really think about caveman days, when you live in a tribe, that's how you survive. That's how you have connection. That's how you have shelter. That's how you have food. You need to be liked. You need to be accepted. It matters what your tribe members think of you, yeah. or you can be, you know, sent off and you will die, right? And this is a real, real foundation of all of us experience caring what people think, right? Or feelings of feeling like, what if we're judged? What if we're not accepted? What if we don't belong here? And it's important to understand that's really the origin point of it, right? And then the society we've been brought up in just makes it 10x more detrimental, <laughs> right? Such an eye-opening concept. Like I never thought about it that way. You, you understand fear of, you know, you want to want to lose your, your mother or your family because that, that was your, your source of safety, but the whole primitive village, right? Caveman, like that, that was eye-opening to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it really is because also when you have a moment where you can understand, where you have like the, the origin of it, right? Ch- kind of changes for you, then you're able to start to see it differently. And you're able to normalize yourself because we all experience that somewhere on the spectrum. And the more you do the healing and growth work, the easier it is for you to disconnect and go, wait a second. What matters is what I think of me, not what everybody else thinks of me. Because we don't live in that world anymore where anyone's getting kicked out of any tribe and isn't going to be able to be sufficient and take care of themselves. And what's happening now is that fear is exponentially blocking many from showing up and doing the things that they want to do and having the crucial conversations and setting boundaries and expressing themselves. Are we, are we afraid to be alone with ourselves? Number one, or do we not trust ourselves to be as awesome as we hope that we'll be? Both, both. And, and we're afraid of how awesome we can be, right? (laughs) So we're, we're afraid to trust ourselves. Trusting ourselves is a whole part of the journey. No one knows better than you what you really need. But we're so taught to seek approval that we do this consultative decision-making process where you go, what do you think about that? I don't know. Let me call her. What does he think? I'm not sure. Let me check with him. What does he think? And there's no trust for you to just, to the top of what we were saying, close your eyes, go within and hear it. The answer will be there when you start to cultivate that, right? What about this thing called imposter syndrome? Women in particular suffer from it. Like, yes. Think, oh, no, you're awesome. Well, they wouldn't know, but I'm pretty good. The food's really good. And you know, I do this all the time when I cook. I'm not the most confident cook. I'm a serviceable cook. And I'll make something and I'll serve it. And it's actually pretty good. And then I'll create I should have cooked it a little bit longer. I should have had a little more spice in it. Like that we, uh, they're going to discover that I'm really not as good as I am. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's two things I want to say here. And one of them is very uh, like, whoa. But before I say that, that's Mm self-criticism, which is directly connected to imposter syndrome. If you believe you are dealing with imposter syndrome, you are inherently going to be very Mm self-critical because the opposite of self-criticism is self-compassion, which means you praise yourself a lot and you're like, you've got your own back over and over again, right? Um, But imposter syndrome is a lie, actually, from my vantage point, right? Is a mindset teacher. Imposter syndrome 
just like the way we see failure, which is also wrong, is a construct that enough people started to talk about and believe in over and over and over and over again. And now it becomes a reason that you're not doing the thing you say you want to do. And that's why it bothers me. Oh, so, uh, right. So I'll just be like, you know, I just, I'm just really dealing with some, with imposter syndrome. But if you're also telling me that you believe and you understand the power of neuroplasticity, right? Like we can change our thoughts. We can change our mind. We can grow. We can believe whatever we want to believe. Then why subscribe to a construct that's only going to block you when it's ultimately just a cluster of thoughts and statements and a perspective on something, right? Well, or, but maybe they don't really know how, what's going on in my head. Like everybody looks at me in my, in my life and says, oh no, you have a great body. And I go, yeah, but you don't see the cellulite underneath there. Right. right. You know, whatever it is. Oh, you're a really mm-hmm. good writer. You don't see that it took me 14 hours to write 200 words, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, I'm just making up examples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So that, Cause we have this chatter in our head and I guess it is self-criticism. That, that's, it's, it's, right. that's a hundred percent what it is. It's that, and even you can like hear it when we're coming down on ourselves, um, and when someone says you look great in that, I want you to go, thank you. Thank you. Right? So you secrets, could, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. <laughs> so those secrets we're telling ourselves really are false. Like again, that's just a, a make-believe thing that we're we've made up to hold ourselves back. Absolutely, because you're gonna live in whatever it is you believe and think. And then everything you do, it's like a pattern that you keep affirming because we also like to be right. So you're going to use all of those different things in an effort to go, see, I can't do it. See, success is not for me. See, it's too hard for me to lose weight. See, 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 because we want that validation so badly. But ultimately, there's nothing standing in your way but you, period. Okay, period. No. Okay. so, so no, there's not. Okay. There's not, right? So I'm joking. Right? I know, I don't with you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? nothing standing there let's go to fear of success okay so now Mm -hmm. people either that they want to go be a ballerina they want to be an artist they want to start their own company and in fact right now i read something or heard something the other day that there's been a huge jump actually this is so exciting in entrepreneurialism and starting businesses right now when people are at home they may have been furloughed they may have been laid off the amount of creativity and new businesses being started is phenomenal it's so exciting to see and now is a great time for people to take advantage of that, right? So, um, which is so exciting, but but I I can't do that because what if I don't have money? What if I can't set myself up technologically at home? What if, um, you know, the the one that I love is like, what if I'm successful and it takes me away from my friends, my family, my my whatever I used to do? What if I won't have time to exercise when I go do this? Talk about like those silly things that are holding us back. We're in power, but no, we think that we're held back by all these tools of our life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And all of that is, is believing your own thinking. And that's the problem. So all of that, we literally, you need to never believe another thought you think ever. Okay. So what if, what if it sucks? What if I'm not successful? What if nobody likes it? Right. All those things that you're going through. What happens is your fear response starts to sound like things. And if you really start to pay enough attention to yourself, which I really want to invite you all to do, you'll notice they're pretty repetitive. Your what if thoughts sound like your what if thoughts. And when you believe you're thinking, you stay the same, which is exactly what your mind, body, and fear response are hoping you do. Ultimately, your mind's like, all right, 
gets with fear. It's like, okay, we're going to start to get her to think, what if this is going to suck? What if it's not going to be accessible? No, what if nobody likes it? Oh, she's going to believe us, sweet. And when she believes us, she'll stay the same. And then we'll avoid any threat and we'll stay in the zone of familiarity and we'll never change and she'll never change. And it's awesome. And then in that situation, your whole life loses and your system wins because your mind, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you have a great quote. You say, we settle for fine. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> like, ew. And if you currently, like, check in with yourself. How does that make you feel? When I even hear you say that back to me, and I wrote that, I'm like, ew, I don't want fine. I'm not here. We're not here moving through life and all of its ups and downs and ebbs and flows and triumphs and successes to just be, like, fine. No, thanks. It does sound um, yeah. I would love if anybody out there has fears, want to share the fears that they've got, what's hold, held them back. I'd love to know it. Um, mm -hmm. So post, post them in there and we'll pass them along. Um, do women and men have characteristic fears? Like do women tend to have a certain category of fears and men have a certain category of fears? Not specifically, not specifically, although there, there'll be a few distinctions that come up. Um, men have a higher fear of vulnerability because in one of the ways they were kind of brought up through our society, vulnerability is weakness. Yeah. And if you're going to be a man, you're not going to be weak, which is total crap, by the way, but that is the common theme. Yeah. Um, you know, and women have a very, very high uh, amount of fear of what people will think. Mm -hmm because we're so consumed and we're so concerned and we just want to be liked and we do a lot of things to be needed. And there's a lot of people pleasing that goes on based on the way that we as a gender were influenced and brought up. You well, know? And that go back to our hunter gatherer roots As gatherers. We needed communities so that we didn't get eaten by the saber tooth tiger. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in the hunter gatherers, and then you move that all the way through just the general patriarchy and the way that, that our entire culture has evolved, men had very specific roles and women had very specific roles. And inside the book, I describe it as the drip process, right? So for us as women, my great-great-grandmother dripped on my grandmother and my grandmother dripped on my mother and my mother dripped on me. Uh, and that could be, you know, you observed your mother not feeling her feelings and going to the closet when she got sad. Well, you're just gonna be like, I'm fine. Yeah. That whole bit, right? How are you? I'm fine. You're not fine. You want to lose your mind, but you're not going to tell anybody because God forbid you should be honest about how you feel. Also crap. Ah, that's a, you don't want to be yes. on the flip side also. So, and again, back to, um, back to, I don't know, but on the flip side is you want to be a good role model for your kids. I don't want my kids to see me breaking down all the time. I want them to see me strong, not cold, not, not feeling, but like there's this, kind of inverted logic to mm -hmm. holding back your emotions. Yes. And that was because of how we were raised prior, because of how that was perceived, because women and men, but women especially just, you know, sit, you're to be seen. You don't want to make a big fuss. You don't, you know, you don't want to make it about you. Right. So just be humble and be quiet and just sit here and it's fine and suck your feelings back because you don't want to be, what you said was so spot on. You don't want to burden anybody. Right. And I'm going to argue that all of that is so wrong. And I am grateful for everyone who came before us. 
but they didn't know what they didn't know. Mm -hmm. And we have an opportunity here to really start to shift generations. We, you and I both have daughters, right? We're talking about shifting the generations after us. And that requires us to be different. And it requires us to know that, you know what? They got the whole emotion thing wrong. To emote is to be human. It's beautiful. It's expression. I want my girls to see me cry. I want them to ask me, what's wrong, mom? And I can say, you know what? Nothing. I'm just letting myself feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. Right? What a great gift to model that for them. Yes. Yes. There's a way. And we'll have to talk about this another day in terms of how to model it. Because I'm always very sensitive to, I do want my girls strong. And you and I, were, so secret, secret to everybody, Tracy and I are trying to figure out how to do this group presentation with our daughters. We have five girls between us and to have all of them on, teens, 20s, and think that would be a great conversation. Because I think we want to like find the balance of to be sensitive. Like, people need to learn how you, it's okay to show your emotions without being simpering. Right. Mm -hmm. So that to do it in a powerful and owning it way versus in a victim way. That's always my fear. Like I want the girls to be strong. I want to express my emotions powerfully mm -hmm. and not be like, oh, no, you know, I'm pity party. The, mm -hmm. Like to, to find that place. Mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Well, I, so I don't think that any of our children will have any challenge being strong. Right. right? Because resilience is this common war chant right? That everybody hears. There's a dark side to resiliency. Being too strong is a thing and it blocks you from being emotive and expressive and asking for what you really need and ask for what you want. It's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. How many women I've worked with that experience burnout because they got it. You don't yeah. got it and you don't need to got it. It's, it's beautiful to ask for help. Um, so I think to your point, being able to do that is this beautiful uh, place of empowerment, right? Where you can feel your feelings and it's not about um, have sympathy for me or victim-esque, right? It's simply like, this is how I'm feeling because feeling your feelings, by the way, is not just crying. Like feeling your feelings is, I'm going to punch someone. So instead I'm going to get up from my desk. This may or may not happen to me all the time. And I walk into my backyard and I scream mm -hmm. and I'm feeling my feelings. My neighbors on the lake, probably a little concerned, but whatevs. I scream it out and I feel amazing. And that is an expression laughing until you like can't hear the sound come in your mouth. That's emotion. That's feeling your feelings crying just because the tears are here. Don't like, you know, do that thing we do. Like, don't suck it back. Yeah. Just let it roll. I love the lack of fear of feeling the emotions fully. Yes. Yes. And that's your, I love what you just said, because that's what it is. It's fear of what? And if let's really drill that down, it's actually a combination. It's fear of feeling your feelings, but it's fear of what people will think about you feeling your feelings. Right. Exactly. They're going to say, oh, shut up. You whine all the time. Right. Or you're so, right. you're so needy. You're so, uh -huh. you're so needing attention, right? Whatever. Mm -hmm. There's all mm -hmm. these judgments that occur on it. Right. And all judgment is self-judgment. So if you check in with yourself and you go, well, you know what? I don't hold that judgment on myself. I don't believe I'm needy. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to go old school. I'm rubber, your glue, whatever you say bounces <laughs> off me and sticks to you. <laughs> say whatever you want doesn't matter. If I don't have that judgment of myself, 
20 people could walk in my house right now and say that same thing to me. And if I don't accept it as true, I don't even feel it. Right. Yeah. Let's go back to fear of success for a second. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a thing you also talk about in the book about the negative messages about humility, that there's a, there's something that we've all been told. And I, I like humility. I'm not a braggadocious kind of person. Um, so there's, there's, but there's a lot of messaging, especially now socioculturally about if you're successful, if you're wealthy, if you're like that, you're not allowed to have pride in your success. And I've written blogs about this as well, like, um, that you should be ashamed of your success. You should be ashamed if you worked hard and you built a business or you worked hard, saved hard and built a beautiful house, you know, in the mountains or whatever that talk about like because again that as we're talking about fear of success mm -hmm. well but then I can't be proud of my success and I can't sell myself because I have to be humble so how do I you know but I'm supposed to sell myself as being great and powerful and you should believe in me and listen to me but I got to be humble like it's mm -hmm. it's really conflicting. right it does and it puts you in like a paralyzed position because what are you supposed to do right it makes me sad first of all right because being able to share your wins is so important for your own self-image and your own self-esteem. And it's equally as important to be an expander for other people to show them what's possible. If your success triggers someone else, not your responsibility, not your problem. That's an indication for them that they have some inner work to do on where that comes from. We all, we all have work, it's just different for each of us, right? There's also a big difference between being cocky and, and uh, um, inappropriate, depending on timing and space, right? Versus knowing where you're coming from. Everything's about where you're coming from. If your intention is good and you're like, you know what? I just hit seven figures in my business. Or I just finally ran a mile in under, this one's like one of mine, in under 10 minutes, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, so whatever it is, it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I want to live in a world where we rally around each other for all the awesomeness that we create, right? Because the opposite way breeds this competition and this like seething comparison thing, which is so gross and detrimental also. And once you start to lean in, you go, you know what? I'm coming from a good place, right? It's not like energy doesn't lie. And if you're coming from being cocky or irresponsible, people can feel that a mile away, right? right? But when you're truly just like, I did a thing, my book just hit bestseller. I just got social good entrepreneur of the year. Woo! Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. And then you also start to attract people like that too, which is yeah. important. I think this is, if no, you know, if nothing else that people get out of this today, for them to have the confidence to be proud of themselves. Yes. And it could be, you know, that you cooked a great dinner. It could be that your house is beautiful. It could be that you grew a beautiful ornamental flower. I don't know what it is, but to be, to, to feel confident, to be proud and not, you know, there's just this cultural shaming going on. And I find it so tragic and so literally physically painful to me to watch and hear the, the slinging, the mudslinging, the guilt, the shaming that people are supposed to feel for their lives, for what they've accomplished, for who they are. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, no matter who, no matter what level, 
that if there's nothing else that comes out of this, that I want people to be able to be proud of themselves, as you say, to be able to say it with strength and, and confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way you just said that, to be proud of yourself. Well, you know, on the out of one side of our mouth, we're talking about we want everybody to be strong and confident. We want to build this beautiful world. And on the other side of the mouth, it's like, but don't really talk too much about yourself because, right. you know, it's like, wait a second, right? right. Well, don't Let's, show your successes, right? Yeah, Work right. Really and, be the number one realtor, but don't buy a nice car. Right, right, exactly. And that's just wrong. And what you want to check for yourself, right, is where does that come from for you? Start to pay attention to the thoughts that you have as you're listening to us. You're like, you know what? Okay. I kind of want to share that. Uh, I don't know. I just like hung the ceiling fan in my house on my own. And that's really awesome. Or, you know, I just scored my first two big corporate clients and I'm really proud of myself. And then you pause and then you listen to the thoughts your mind offers you. And that will start to show you the quality of your thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. And it will start to reveal to you some of the limiting um, beliefs that were given down to you through who raised you and instances that happened. Um, well, you don't want to say it because you don't want to make anybody feel bad. Oh, that's gold. You want to pull that thought out of your head and start to do some mindset work with it. Well, and again, as you said, that it says as much if people are judging you and holding you back, that says as much about them and the work they need to do as it does about yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I will say it's all about them. It has nothing to do with you. You have other work to do. You need to pay attention to the people and the things that are triggering you, mm -hmm. right? But if you're the one that's triggering somebody else, that is not for you to dive into. That is for them to dive into. And if somebody else has what to say, I want you to just think to yourself, I'm not responsible for how other people respond. You know, I can't control mm -hmm. them. I can only control me. Exactly. All right, so let's talk, give some people some pearls of wisdom about now what? So now they got their fears. Now they're afraid of success. Now, the what the heck do you have them do? <laughs> uh, the magic pixie desk. <laughs> Remember this one? I loved her. <laughs> me too. Me too. I agree um, with me for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about. Barbara. All right. I'm sorry. I totally took that for granted. Yeah. Exactly. She would do that. Anything you wanted. Yeah. She would just go like this and go, and it would uh -huh. appear or disappear or whatever. Um, so I just did that. So all of your limiting fears are gone, right? You're welcome. Um, so once you've identified it, it's time to start to shift what you've identified. So if you know, okay, I'm having fear of success and um, I'm afraid to succeed because uh, I'm afraid that my family won't accept me anymore because I have this higher level of success. It's a pretty common one, right? Because let's just say you are going to change the whole generational wealth of your family. Maybe you, you know, your family struggled when you were younger and that's kind of how you are connected to them. And that's how they're connected to you. And now here you are and you just did amazing things and it created amazing wealth in your life. Um, what you want to be able to do is you want to shift the belief, actually like change the thought. A belief is a thought you thought so much that you started to believe it. That's mm -hmm. all a belief is. It's not fixed, totally changeable. It's so once you've identified- A thought that can be changed. You think one thought, you can think as much as you can say it's sunny outside, you can say it's breezy outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any, every belief starts in thought as a thought and every thought and every belief can be changed. Yes. To really reprogram yourself and your belief system, it takes patience and consistency 
over and over and over again. And there's different methods and practices for that. Um, but at least to identify, wow, I have a fear of success that I didn't realize I had before. This is what it sounds like. This is what feels scary about it. Journal it out. Nothing is better for your accessing your limitations than pen to paper, not fingers to keyboard, right. pen to paper, right? And then what, say that again? Is it different in your head if you write? It is. You're accessing a deeper part of your subconscious when you're actually writing than when you're typing. Even for young people who grew up typing? Yep. Even for young people. Yeah. Um, so once you've identified that, then you want to switch out that belief and then you can practice that belief every day and visualize it, right? Like who you are without that fear of success, right? And oh, now I'm sharing my success and I'm talking about it and I'm not triggered by Right, and all these other behavior, the behaviors that happen as a result of the things that we believe. Um, and then you want to be able to start to make choices as if that fear of success is no longer there, right? Start to choose from a future place. Well, if I didn't fear success, what would I do? Well, I would probably go after more success or I would, this is a really a real one. I would call my best friend back that I hadn't called back in a while. And I would answer the question, hey, how's everything going? And I would tell them, it's great. It's going great. Let me tell you what I've created. Let me tell you what's going on in my life, right? And then you, and then you start to change it because you change by belief and then by thought and mindset, but also by who you're being, right. how you're acting, the behaviors you're exhibiting. Yeah. Well, let me go back to go two steps back. So when they're, they're making their list, okay, they took out their journal and they're writing their fears and they write down, I'm afraid, what if there isn't money or what if there isn't, do they do, are they writing on the other side, the counter belief of, oh no, there's plenty of money, right? So that's just a, a call to mind shift game. Or do they also start freeing themselves to how to solve those? Like, so if, if you're afraid of what if there's no money that you can go, Oh wait, but if I don't go to Starbucks every day and I say $5 a day, then I'm going to have money for that. Or I'm going to like to start finding the places that they think are, you know, that they had no options and suddenly to start identifying options as well. So that it's not just a replacement thought, but there's also replacement action in there. Yes, absolutely. And it's really a both and, and for different depths of things, it's a little bit different, but the first thing is to your point, literally you could choose what you want to believe. Like you can choose what you want to believe. I remember when I was starting my business, I was super, super, super hung up. But I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And then I started practicing the belief, the how is none of my business. The how is none of my business. The how is none of my business. And I started to believe that. And then as a result, I started to take more action. I started to lean in. I started to try things because I was no longer thinking, well, I don't know how, I don't know how I was just doing right? So you can believe whatever you want. So whatever the belief is currently, you want to recreate it. And it can either be the opposite of, or you can literally ask yourself, well, what do I want to believe about that? Oh, money flows to me easily. Cool. What else do I want to believe about that? Everything I touch turns to gold. Okay, great. Right? You, you can choose what you believe. And then you practice those beliefs. And then two things happen to your point. When you start to believe differently, you start to think differently and your thoughts infuse your feelings and your feelings create your behavior and your behavior creates your results. So naturally, when you start to 
feel in your body even the difference between it's really hard to make money versus money's everywhere and flows to me easily. You're like, oh, oh, like one feels like this and one feels like this. Right. So naturally you're going to start to take different action because you're believing and you're thinking differently. And then of course you always want to say, wait a second, I'm not a victim here. Let me take some responsibility. What choices am I making that is landing me where I don't want to be like my original story? Oh, I was just ignoring every red flag in the world. I put myself there. Life didn't put me there. I put me there. And then being able to really be honest and start to make new choices. So again, it's so powerful to go to that plate, that, that statement of it's up to me. It's my choice. Even though your life, yes, there was a car accident. Yes. Your house burned down. Yes. Your company went out of business, whatever it is, the more you can own it, the more you can say, okay, I've got the power for the next choice. Um, how important is that first step? Like it's scary. It's, or I can make a list and I can do that, but taking that first step of action so that, you know, there's the, as I'm changing my thought and changing my thought processes, but also to make physical, tangible progress to reinforce, to show me, oh, wow, I really can be in action. I really can start to make a difference. Action's everything. Action's everything. Um, because we can't just think our way into anything. There has to be movement, progress, right? Moving the ball down the field, so to speak, which is why it has to be all together. It's like the secret, you know, I don't know if you read the secret, like, you know, that's the one thing that we missed. We can't just vision our board, vision board our way there. And I'm a fan of vision boards, but in conjunction with doing. Right. <laughs> as much as we'd like it, magic does not sprinkle down. Yeah, no, it, it, and magic will sprinkle down when you're doing it all, when you're doing your belief work and your thoughts and you're running your mind instead of letting it running you, right? And you are choosing different action. That's when miracles occur. That's when you have synchronicities and you're like, what? How did that just happen? You're really doing it because you're the cause of every effect. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Love it. Do you have a story? Can you share a story like just a, a transformation story of somebody just to inspire? Everybody? Absolutely. And it was based on a core belief. So uh, her name is Stacy. That's her real name. <laughs> ah! She would be thrilled that I'm sharing the story, actually. Uh, she just shared it inside of our mastermind group. Um, she came to me uh, as a business owner, wonderful woman, uh, and was living in a lot of lack, uh, scarcity, meaning like there's not enough, was checking her books and her business every single day. The numbers weren't changing. She was super, super, super pressurized and frenetic, which is most of us until we start to realize it don't have to be that way because all, all pressure is self-inflicted. I'm just gonna leave that one right there. So through, the, through this work and we sat and actually at my live event, she identified um, the core belief of, well, the busier I am, the more successful I'm going to be and I need to be in chaos in order to be valued, right? Which is, very common also because if you were brought up in chaos or there was a lot of that in the house that you grew up in or whatever, we tend to think like, well, the busier I am, the more good stuff's gonna happen as a result, right? Well, we'd had a conversation about calm and how the calmer you are, the more successful you are, right? 
And when you have trust and faith in what you're doing, you don't have to check your numbers because the only reason you're checking your numbers is because you're worried because you're in lack. You're go it's like going to the mailbox every day. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Right. Um, so she shifted into truly believing the calmer I am, the happier I am, the more successful I am. Practice it every single day in her belief work every morning. Her business through the roof during COVID, nonetheless. In my world, COVID has not had an impact in the outcomes of, of my students because you your energy goes where you put your focus and attention. So we don't even look in that direction. It's just like, great, there's opportunity everywhere. So her business has expanded. Her heart has expanded. She's closer with her mother. Her marriage is better. And the most important thing, she's so calm. She looked at people in my life are like, are you, what are you doing? Are you on something? Like you're taking Xanax? You are so calm. I've had several clients get off Xanax because we don't need it. When you really understand how to like, make this thing work, you have all the power. So, and she's just, she's an amazing success story. I love that. Can I ask what kind of business it is? Yeah, she owns a company that is, uh, she used to be, started as a hairdresser, like a super awesome hairdresser. And then she opened a boutique, like a high-end clothing accessories for women boutique. And it's, so it's basically like a, a building that has two sides. She's got the salon right. and she's got the boutique. So now she's got the online boutique business going. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Love it. Fabulous. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're fabulous. We could talk all day. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> I don't even know, like, have we talked or has it been too long already? I'm like, what else? What else? <laughs> we will do it again. And we're going to figure out this mother daughter thing. Cause I we think have that's to. incredible. We have um, to. Anyway. So Tracy, I didn't say your website before the litfactor.com is her website, the book worthy human, because you are the problem and the solution, as we've said, whether or not you are fearful of success, whether you're fearful of whatever is holding you back, you have the choice of your life. So you are great. Let me remind everybody, share these videos, let everybody know. We generally do these Facebook lives on Thursdays at four o'clock. Sometimes we ship them, but in general, they're here and the videos are always there. So let people know about it or come onto the YouTube page. Um, and then actually this is going to broadcast. I will take this and record it and put it, uh, take the audio and put it on a podcast. If you don't want to watch it, you can just listen. So Tracy, thank you. You're great. Thank you. Thanks. Everybody. Thank you so much. Right. Bye. I'm talking to mindset teacher and author, Tracy Litt, about seeing how fear holds us back, including fear of success. Many extraordinary people accept a mediocre life because they've placed limitations on themselves that they've actually simply created in their own minds. Helping people live powerfully and achieve their dreams is one example of what our flagship publication, Bottom Line Personal, is all about. Helping people do better and feel better we talk to only the best, most qualified experts to provide actionable advice, not just in healthcare and emotional health, but in all aspects of life, including financial planning, great gift ideas, how to save money on travel, insurance snafus, smart tax strategies, improving your relationships, and so much more. Bottom Line Personal has been helping people lead more informed and vibrant lives for nearly 50 years with our actionable and double fact-checked advice. Subscribe today and get a free bonus book, Bottom Line's Best Bets, full of some of our experts' greatest tips of all time. Just go to bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast. That's bottomlineinc.com forward slash expert podcast.